Well, uh, today uh, we're going to go youth. We're going to go with the youth movement. Youth movement. Uh, you're, you're coming to hear a Granger. You're going to hear a Granger. You're just not going to hear me. Um, I asked Adam a few weeks ago if he'd speak today. Those of for those of you uh, listening from Zimbabwe or somewhere the foreign world, Adam is our son. We have four sons, and Adam's the second, uh, second of the four, and uh, he's two of our sons who are ordained ministers. The other two we're praying for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The other two are serving God too, but uh, Adam. Uh, is often spoke, speaks here and has served here many times. As a matter of fact, at that men's meeting in a week from Friday, uh, Adam will be speaking on hearing the voice of the Lord. And so let's welcome Adam Granger to the pulpit. I did this long walk so I could have my intro music, but nobody played any. So you just get me. Also got this to remind those that LSU were so dominant last year in football that two conferences decided to quit. And we're champions again. Don't even have to play a game. Well, like you said, my name's Adam. I'm a father of four boys myself, husband of one wife. Hopefully we'll always be that way. Yeah. Um. And I wanted today to talk today about the peace in the storm or the pandemic. So I think we can all agree that this is a time where finding peace is a little difficult, a little tricky. And I'll admit that as I'm talking, I'm going to be talking to myself probably more than anybody else in this room. Um, because it's funny when you feel like the Lord gives you something to talk about, then he makes you walk through it. And so uh, when I was asked, I put together this outline kind of a rough kind of knew you know felt like i knew what god wanted to wanted me to say and then i heard half of it last week so i was talking to james i said james he preached the message i was going to preach to some degree and james says well just make it part two okay sure enough so you'll hear some maybe some uh what you heard from last week um but just see it as a continuation because i do truly believe this is what god's trying to say in this time um we talk about what we need to do when our peace is gone. You know, I, I talked about four boys. If you have a kid, you start to struggle to have peace. Have four of them is really dang hard. Make all four boys, and it's impossible. And if one of them's Jackson, <laughs> he was back there throwing a car at people. Um, his daddy needs to get a hold of him. So I, I want to talk about when we lose our peace, we think that our peace is gone. How do we get it? What do we need to do? And how do we get past the place we're at where we can't uh, get that peace? Um, nothing I'll talk about today will be great revelation. Nothing I'll say today will be something that you thought, I'd never heard that before. Um, but I do believe strongly that sometimes we need to just step back, read the scriptures, and not just read. You know, there's times we read scriptures and we read right through it. I've heard scriptures since the day I was born. And sometimes I can read it and just read right through it and just kind of miss really what's being said because I've read it so many times. And sometimes it's good to stop. Slow down, read it slower, study it, and realize what God's trying to say. Because, I mean, we can all talk, tell about stories where we've read Scripture 
and then read it again and read it again. About the sixth time, we saw something completely different than we saw the first five or six times, right? And that's just allowing God to, like was already said here today, allowing God to just speak to us through his word, even through stuff we've already read. Um, to begin with, to, to begin trying to achieve that peace, it begins with our focus. And we're going to read Philippians 4. If you want to turn there, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version, but it's Philippians 4, and we're going to read 4 through 9. I'll get up on my little device here. Change my version. There we go. And if you want to stand, we we hear we do stand while we read the Scripture just out of honor. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And we always say when you see it twice, it matters, right? Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You may be seated. So... Erin made a point, we were talking about this yesterday, and she said, this is a great scripture to avoid depression. Just follow what we're saying here. First, rejoice in the Lord. Begin your day rejoicing in the Lord. Regardless of what's happening yesterday, today, or tomorrow, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So we're recognizing, we're rejoicing in him, recognizing that he is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I'm going to talk on that in a minute. Let your requests be made known to God. And I like the order of that, starting with Thanksgiving, then letting your requests be known. And once you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. And what's very vital, I think, is the next part, where it goes through what's noble, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely. Meditate on those things. Right, so it's not about not just about our focus on the Lord, but our focus is the key to God's peace. Because verse eight talks about meditating on the things that are praiseworthy. So we're not just focusing on the Lord. We're not just thinking or praying to the Lord because we can all get caught up in the the negative prayer. Uh, God, woe is me! Everything's wrong, and you just keep focusing on what's wrong. Here he's saying, focus on what's praiseworthy. Focus on what, meditate on what's noble, pure, right, truthful. Uh, I've. I, I've heard Brother Charles say this, and if you're watching, Brother Charles, forgive the, if I mess up your quote, because I will. But basically the thought is is that when we want the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, the best thing we can do to make that happen is to give thanks. When you give thanks, and I'm telling you, and I'm not big on formulas because God's not formula. God isn't. Read these two scriptures and this thing happens. You know, that, you're starting to get into some voodoo there. But I do truly believe, because I've done it and I know it, that when we begin to give thanks, and true give thanks to the Lord, not just, all right, God, thanks for everything. All right, now here's what I need. But really focus on the fact that we're giving thanks to the Lord. And it says, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I think they put it in that order because when we're giving thanks to the Lord, 
then our requests are pure. Because then we recognize where we're at. Because we can all focus on something that's negative going on right now. I mean, you know, with everything that's going on, that's easy. But we can also all focus on things that the Lord has done in our life. And focus and be, give, be, give, be giving thanks to what he's done in our lives. Because we all have that as well. In, in that, and we talked about it, we rejoice in all things in Christ, right? Everything. Um, we give thanks. We know what he's doing. We know he's doing something. And we may not be able to see it all, but we give thanks and we rejoice in what he's doing. And in that, and I, I remember the use of this a long time ago, and it's always kind of stuck with me. We're not to rejoice in the mess, but we rejoice in Christ despite the mess, right? We rejoice in him regardless. We sing the song, Blessed Be Thy Name. And it talks about in the time that the lands are plentiful and when there is a drought, when things are great, when things are not. We give joy. We give thanks to the Lord. We rejoice in him. And when we do that, then we begin to make ourselves fully subject to Christ. And that's the next thing. So in 2 Corinthians, I'm going to turn over there, 2 Corinthians 10. And I will be reading several scriptures, by the way. It's just in my DNA. His fault. Uh, and the NIV, because I like what it says here. It says, the weapons we fight, and we've heard this last week, just by the way. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that is what, to me, is key. We must take our thoughts captive, and we must make them obedient to Christ. We must give that over because if we're going to, you know, we talk about giving our whole selves to God. You can't do that without starting with your mind because your mind is going to dictate everything else after that. So we must first do all the things we've talked about, about obtaining the peace, meditating, focus on the things that are right and just. And then because of that, that's when we can begin to give our mind up to the Lord. And it goes back to that old junk in, junk out, right? We start focusing on things of the Lord. We start bringing in things of the Lord. We start meditating on things of the Lord. And what comes out is the Lord. And when we're doing that, we're giving him our thoughts. We're giving him our, our, our every being. Because with that, he, he has our mind. He has everything. And then once we have that, then the, I mean, the peace is there. Because now all you can do is focus on everything that is just, everything that is right, and everything that the Lord is saying. Once we start doing that, we can recognize that and we know the scripture. Of course, I could preach this whole thing out of Romans 8, really. Um, but we recognize that God makes everything work for him. But there's something I want to show. and we, we point, I'm sure we point this out a lot in Romans 8, 28. And we all know the scripture. But I want to pull it up because I want to point something out here. And this one's the ESV. You notice I'm changing versions every time just to mix it up. But it says, and we know that for those who love God, don't miss that. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who were called according to his purpose. And so it just, it doesn't just mean he just fixes everything. He's the ultimate mechanic who can take care of any and all situations. He takes what is going on in this world and makes it work to his purpose, according to his will, for those who are walking according to his purpose and his will. 
we know God's going to take whatever is happening in this time and he's going to make it work. He may do it in a way we don't know. He probably will. If I've ever, you know, I always felt like God has given me something and then I say, okay, well, I know how that's going to happen. And it's never happened the way I thought it was going to happen, right? And then it ends up being something different than what I thought. And of course, it's always better than what I thought. Um, so he's going to do something with this time that we're walking in. But what, how it walks out is probably going to be different than what we think it is. And we've got to be okay with that, right? We, we kind of have our mindset and oh, you can ignore him. That's some Granger. <laughs> you think I'd be used to him just yelling all the time. But we got to recognize that God's purpose is going to happen. What God wants to happen is going to happen. Whoever God wants to be in the presidency will be in the presidency regardless of the political affiliation or whether you disagree with the man, woman, or person that's in there. We recognize that it's God's will, period, regardless. What he wants to happen is going to happen. Again, we may not know what's going to happen. We, I, I don't. Um, I don't know how it will all turn out, but I know that at the end of the day, his hands are involved, he's involved, and his will is going to be done. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be part, one of those uh, people who are walking in according to his will in order to be a part of whatever he wants to do. And I've always said, God's going to do what he wants. It's just whether we join the ride or not is what happens. Um, you know, we don't, I, you know, I'll put it in here. We, we don't know why things happen and we do wonder. And I think it's okay to ask the Lord what's going on in reverence. You know, I don't think it's bad to say, God, what are you, what are you doing? What's going on here? Um, but make sure we do it with reverence. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong. Sometimes he'll tell us and sometimes he'll just say, huh, eh, you'll see. And we got to be, be okay either way. Right. Um, but in that we got to recognize God does hear our calls. He does hear us. Uh, Psalm 57, two and three says, I cry out to God most high to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends his love and his faithfulness. David cries out to God and God sends his love and faithfulness. We always got to recognize God always hears our calls. Again, he may not respond to them the way we think he should, but he always does. He always hears and takes care of things even when we're not seeing it. We may not see what's going on. We're talking about this pandemic, and I kind of use that lightly as a joke, but let's face it, we don't need a pandemic to have our peace get taken away, right? Uh, we got to recognize that he he knows what's going on. He knows what's happening, and he knows how things are going to play out. Put that picture up, William. I've done this before, and I wanted to point this out again. There's, I love this picture. It's called Window into Reality. And what we see on the outside is what we think is going on. You know, you see the pieces, the, the boards scattered, the skies are, you know, messed up. The Everything's just torn up. But in reality, what we see in the window is what God is doing. And it's a perfectly played game of chess in perfect condition going the way he's having to design it to go. And so when we're thinking that we're in this tattered mess of a chess game, in reality, we're into that window. The window is the reality. The outside is our perception. And so we recognize that we're calling out to God, help us, God, and we can look into the window and realize he is. He's doing it. He's making, he's working things. He's moving things. He's getting his pieces in place to, to play out the way he wants it to be played out. And so we want to be our part. 
we want to do our part. We want to, we want to, I said, you know, we want to be the part in playing out, uh, following his will, make sure things happen according to his will and do our part of that. To do that, we got to, we, we have to equip ourselves in him. We know the scripture. I love it. I'm going to read it again. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. And this is one of those I say I read multiple times over and I almost feel like I get something new every time. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. We, we, we talked about this this last week. I've already mentioned a different scripture. There's another scripture we keep on recognizing where it's not people that's our problem. It's not, you know, you get on Twitter, it's not the person that's making you mad. You may think it is, but it's not. But it's the enemy trying to disrupt your peace. It's the enemy trying to divide. The enemy wants us divided. You know, he, he wants us fact fractured. It's why he goes after families. Why he's trying to take fathers out of the home. He wants us divided. And we got to recognize it's him that's the problem. And when we do that, and I'm not saying not to discuss things. We're, we're called to bring the truth of God in, into the world. I'm not saying don't do that at all. But when we recognize who we're up against and what we're up against, the mentality changes of our, of our message. Our hearts change because then we're not trying to go at somebody and try to fix or correct somebody. But we're coming with love to try to show them the truth and show them who God is and try to uh, and bring his word into this world. One thing this talks about, and this really, I've known this, but it hit me yesterday reading this, was we've got to know our word. We've got to know what the word says. Um, a little intro to my hearing the voice of the Lord bit. One of the things we talk about, I say bit like it's a skit. Um, one of the things we got to recognize is that when we think we hear the voice of the Lord, there's several ways to make sure it is him. I, I use, I call it a tested method, not testing the Lord, but testing whether we're hearing from him. And one of the things of the five, and I want to give you one, if you want to hear the other four, come the 28th, not the 21st. You come 21st, you'll be by yourself. Um, one of the things is it's got to be based on scripture. It's got to be scriptural. It's got to be bound in the word. If it's not, it may sound great, it may sound lovely, but if it's not within the parameters of what the scripture lays hold, it's not of God. And so, we. but how do we know that, right? How do we know if it is scriptural? We've got to know the word. Something that always stuck with me is the book, The Heavenly Man. If you haven't re- read, read it, excuse me, you need to read The Heavenly Man. It'll change you. But one of the things talked about was he got a hold of this man in China who was uh, Christian and seemed like he was constantly running from the government got a hold of a Bible and began memorizing the book of Matthew first off, every word for word. 
And the reason he did that was because he didn't know how long he was going to be able to hold on to this Bible. And he wanted to be able to recite scripture and rely on scripture until the end of time. And so to be able to do that, he had to just memorize it. And so at times when he was in jail with nothing around him, he would just recite the book of Matthew just to rely and, and just meditate on his word. And so sometimes it's obvious we take these, granted, I've got multiple versions of Bible on here. And so it's kind of easy just to kind of take it for granted. But it, it, it shakes me when I think about that, that he had that memorized just because he knew it was going to be taken from him. But he still wanted to study God's word, to meditate on his word. And so he memorized an entire book of the Bible. And I can't remember. It's been a while. I need to reread it. Um, but I, I know that he he, stud, he, he, he uh, memorized other scriptures. He kept on memorizing because he knew he wanted to have more and more God's word in him and in his life and in his mind. And because of that, he was able to recite scripture as, as he needed to. And so we need to be able to have God's word to fall back on. Because, like I said at the beginning, sometimes we forget. We thought he's on. We leak. Um, we got to go back to his word. And even if, it, again, if it means we're rereading the same scripture and over and over again until it really gets into us, we have to rely on his word. Because unless we know what it's saying, we don't really know what we need to do. If you hear nothing else, hear this. At the end of the day, to give us, you know, to, to walk in the peace of the Lord, we gotta recognize nothing's gonna separate His love from us. Which I think is amazing. And I'm going back to Romans 8. I told you I could just read all of Romans 8. That's my favorite scripture, by the way. But to truly appreciate Romans 8, you really should read Romans 7. But if you read Romans 7, please read Romans 8. And 6 and 5 and 4 and 3, 2, 1. <laughs> um, but Romans eight thirty eight, and we all, I mean, we know the scripture. But it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The, let me see here. Yeah, I was looking at the New King James Version. I thought it said something different, but I chuckle because I'm like, I don't know why that he, he's that way. Because, I mean, we're some, some of us are some scoundrels. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing separated. Nothing. You can do whatever you want. It's not going to separate his love. doesn't mean that he's not going to correct you. doesn't mean he's not going to put you back in line. But it's because he loves us that he does that. And so we meditate on the things that are good. We meditate on the things that are tr- true. We know his word. We equip ourselves with the scripture. We recognize that our battle is not against flesh and blood, against people. It's not against Twitter. It's not against Facebook. Um, we put our minds on the things that are right. And when I say we put our think mind on the things that are right, I mean, I keep joking about Facebook and Twitter, but, man, you get... You get watching that or just watch nightly news and your mind's going to be distraught. You know, your brain's going to be hurting from all the garbage that you're seeing because they're trying to divide us. And so it's not just bad things, but it's things that are just not of God. I'm not saying don't read the news, but for every minute of reading the news, we probably need to read the scripture three times over, right? <laughs> so we, we put our mind to the things of the Lord. We recognize that nothing we're going to do is separating his love from us. And then when we do all that, we can recognize and just rest in the peace of the Lord. Now, nowhere today have I ever mentioned anything about our things changing. 
things getting better, our situation improving. Never said that once because it probably won't. Well, what does change is our mentality, our mindset towards it. Um, when I lived in Georgia, there was a young lady that lived with Aaron and I for a little while there. And she kept complaining. She just, you know, God isn't doing this. God isn't doing that. I don't know why he isn't doing anything. I, my, me, my, I, 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 me. And I said, you know what? I said, for two weeks, I don't want you praying for yourself at all. I said, the only two things you can pray for is giving thanks to the Lord and praying for anybody else. I said, I'm going to spend these two weeks praying for you. But you're going to spend these next two weeks nothing but praying for anybody else. And if you don't know who to pray for, we were at the Covenant Life in Georgia. I said, you grab the little booklet of people, start going down, start finding people to pray for. She said, okay. At the end of the two weeks, I said, you know, we got to talking. I said, how you, how's the, you know, how's it been? She goes, everything's changed. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she goes, my, my attitude has changed. I recognize that I'm not so upset with God. I'm not so upset with my life. I said, well, did he fix some things? She said, no, everything's the exact same. She said, but she recognized when she would give thanks and then put her focus on other people in her prayer time, she didn't have that negative time. And, of course, my prayer for her was that very thing, right, is that she would see what God's doing in her life regardless of the situation, going back to our picture. And so sometimes it is just that. Sometimes it's stop praying for us and praying for other people, taking our focus and our mind on other things. Um, and you, you can recognize, again, Nothing, your, your circumstance, your situation doesn't alter, it doesn't change, doesn't necessarily get better. But we can also recognize that, okay, it hadn't gotten better, but you know what? God's in control. We start having the mindset of God's going to take, take things. God's going to move. God's going to do what he wants to do in his time. And then I'm going to join for the ride. And when it happens, great. And if it doesn't, I rejoice in the Lord always. To finish up, see, I don't have a habit timer because I don't talk nearly as much as your pastor does. Yeah, the groans know who I am. <laughs> Problem is he gets the mic last. We recognize when our peace is gone. We have to notice that and recognize that. His word is there, that he is there. Another thing, I haven't touched on this, touched on this much, is that we, and, and he touched on it just a moment here, is we have to be talking to each other. Guys, we're the worst about when things start to go south and the peace starts to go away and we start struggling. We love to go hide out. You know, the guy, the, the famous man cave where guys like to go hide and you know, watch games or whatever. And that's really the worst thing to do, let's be honest. And we're, I say guys because we do it the most. Sometimes it takes talking to each other, laying it out there, you know, I've got guys I can talk to, meet on a regular basis that we talk and just share. And it's not always about things struggling, but it's just talking in life. But, you know, you have those moments where you say, hey, man, this is I'm struggling here. This is why I'm, I need prayer. Because um, sometimes it's hard, even though we do all things I'm talking about. We're studying the scripture. We're meditating. We're focusing. It's still a struggle. And that's when family comes in. And that's when brothers come in. Uh, I told my boys, they fight all the time. I said, guys, you're going to only have each other at some point in life. Get it together. Um but a close-knit family is able to deal with anything. And to be a close-knit family, you've got to be able to talk. You've got to be able to share. Because sometimes we need to hear it ourselves. You know, when you hear it from somebody else, you can read the scripture. You can pray for the Lord. But sometimes we need somebody else speaking truth in our lives. It's that Jesus with skin on we talk about. You know, we need somebody here in the now now looking eyeball to eyeball and saying, God's got you. God's got this. It's going to get up. It's going to be, it's going to be well. And so we need each other. And so... 
I say guys because I know the women already have the Marco Polo where they're all talking all the time. I couldn't do that, by the way. But um, but don't hesitate to share with each other. Don't hesitate, hesitate to talk. Um, pray. Pray together. Recognize that God is in control. God is doing what he wants to do. And no matter what ends up happening, we've got to trust that it happens the way he wants it to happen. I said, we always think it's going to happen a certain way and it happens a different way. And I can tell you for me personally, every time in my life that that's happened, it's always ended up better than what I thought. I've always, I've had certain jobs I wanted and it didn't work. And then the job I ended up getting, I thought, man, this is a weird job and ended up being a great job. Um, I wanted one kid. I got four. Not so sure about that one being better yet, but we'll, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love my kids. Um, but I can honestly tell you, God's always exceeded my expectations but he's always done it in a way I didn't think was going to happen. And I think he's going to do that here. I think he's going to do something in this time. I think he's shaking up the church in a good way. I think he's you know, re- reorganizing our mentality uh, towards what it is to be gathering. We appreciate gathering more, I think, than, you know, you go six weeks and you can't gather as a body. You come back, you really appreciate that time together. Um, but you also recognize that this isn't church, that this is our gathering, but church is out there. We're the church. The church is, church is a living organism. I, I believe that God's really taking this and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip some things upside down and we can't fight it. We can't go against it. We can't buck it, but we got to go with what he's wanting to do and show us and recognize that. Uh, I think if there's ever a time to be able to speak God's truth, it's when people are struggling. Um, I'm not saying that wish or hope that people struggle, but every time I've led someone to the Lord, it's typically been out of a time where they were really having a hard time. And that's when you can say, hey, I've been there and here's how I got through it. It was the peace of the Lord. How did I get the peace of the Lord? I just meditated on him. I read his scripture. I understood what he wants for us. I want you, know, I want you to know this. And when you, you share that with someone who's struggling, they're going to listen. And so don't look at times of struggling as a bad thing. Look at it as an opportunity to share who God is and share how we get through those things. Because nothing speaks more than someone being completely at peace and completely calm in the middle of the worst time. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you just give us that peace. Give us that direction. Um, Speak to us. Guide us. Let us know what you want us to do in this time. And let us meditate on you. Let us meditate on your word and who you are. And let us meditate on your truth. And that at all times that you are doing what you want done. We praise you. We rejoice in you, Lord Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. More holy than righteous. Now you have, you have equipment today to... To live at peace in the midst of whatever you're going through, you have uh, you have received from the Lord. Um, I hate to use the word tools, but I use that word today. Tools that you can apply to your life in those times when you look around and you don't know what's going on. You can't understand what's happening around you, and so I can, I encourage you to avail yourself of those. And if you do leak then you can go back and watch the video from today. Or in a few days, you can pull up the podcast off of iTunes uh, or our website 
and uh, remind yourself of what you've heard and what you've seen. Uh, we have, we really have no reason as believers in Jesus Christ, we really have no reason to not live at peace in the midst of whatever challenges we're facing. Yes, we do leak, and yes, we do forget that, and yes, we do find ourselves frustrated and and uh, disturbed. Uh, but it's in those moments that we can remember and repent and return to that place where we rest in God's goodness and God's sovereignty. And yes, He is God. Amen? Be blessed, be encouraged, be strengthened, and yes, go out there and act like somebody. You're dismissed.